Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show that shares honest, real-life stories and insider info from internationals living in Canada. I am your host, Kate Malcolm, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Since then, I've launched the Newcomer Collective, home of this podcast, as well as the New to Canada Academy, the step-by-step online video course that guides you through everything you need to build a new life in Canada that you love. You can learn more at thenewcomercollective.com. Join me on this show as I chat with fellow newcomers and learn all about where they are from in the world, why they chose Canada as their new home, and the lessons they've learnt along the way. It's great to have you. Ever wondered what the workplace culture in Canada is like? Turns out that there can be a lot of unexpected differences to get your head around when you first start your career here. From the amount of paid time off you're entitled to, to the famous American hustle culture, to how much time you spend socialising with your colleagues after work. In this episode, I'm joined by Lindsay McMahon, co-host of the immensely popular podcast All Is English, which is downloaded a whopping 8 million times per month globally, by the way, to discuss. I'd say that's another area where the US is actually more similar to Canada versus a place like Japan. When I lived in Japan, probably a little more similar to Europe, there was an expectation to go out with our office, you know, our manager, our assistant manager, our other teachers, the other native teachers that we would all go out together and, and drink and eat. And we'd be out, well, we'd finish work at nine. So it was a later schedule and we'd be out till midnight or 1am just oh, wow. enjoying and getting to know each other. And so, yeah, we don't, yeah, I would agree. I think your average American worker It's not required or expected to put in time after work, socializing and building the relationship. The relationship gets built like through the work, not before doing the work. Do you know what I mean? Together, we compare what various business etiquettes you can expect here in the Great White North and how they may differ from other countries like the USA, Japan and the UK. We chat about team collaboration, decision-making, and how employees can expect to receive feedback, as well as share some valuable tips for making connections with your colleagues if English is your second language. Let's start the show. Hello, Lindsay. How's it going? Hi, Kate. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited to connect with you. Thanks for coming on the show. Of course, 100%. I love love being on other podcasts and sort of just getting to know other podcasters, you know, in the area of language training and also relocation. So... Wonderful. And you're in the States right now, right? Whereabouts are you joining us from? Yes, I'm based in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I'm originally from the East Coast of the US. So Boston, lived in New York for a while, but now I've relocated to Denver and more sunshine here. So (laughs) cool. Yeah, I need to travel more of the States. I want to do the full road trip, you know, like East to West. Have you done that? You should. Oh, I've done it four times. It's fantastic. (laughs) Okay, well, any good recommendations? (laughs) Where was some places that stood out for you? Um, I, my favorite place in the whole country is Southern Utah. So the wild open spaces in Southern Utah, we have the red rocks, you have the rock formations. It is just uh, Grand Escalante near Bryce Canyon, just the Southern. So drive from, from, uh, West to East in Southern Utah, especially at sunset, it will blow your mind. 
It's incredible. The natural beauty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. I will put it on the list. I'm always dreamt of walking the Pacific Crest Trail because yes. I read Cheryl Strayed's book, which was <laughs> right, made right. into a movie with Reese Witherspoon. If you haven't seen it, it's called Wild and it's incredible. But yeah, I don't think that's within my athletic abilities at all anytime oh. soon, but a girl can dream. <laughs> I think that's a great goal. I've also at times had that feeling too, that I'd like to try that. It would be tough, but I, I, I think, yeah, she could do it, right? So you could, like, we all could do it. It's just a kind of, sort of mind over matter, right? At that I point, know. just in the right season. It's crazy because one walk that she did obviously it's a huge one but it just shows all of the different landscapes that the United States has to offer you know she's in the desert and then she's suddenly in a snowstorm and then there's mountains and you know there's so much to experience there so yeah Oh, you're making me want to go watch that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, when she loses her shoe and it fall, oh. falls down the canyon, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, Such a good yeah, movie. you really identify with her as a character. But absolutely, as you go down the east, uh, the western side of the U.S., you definitely hit a lot of different climates. And just I think the natural beauty of the states is pretty incredible, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And Utah, I have to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's dive into it. As I mentioned in the intro, you are one of the podcast hosts of the highly successful show, All Is English. You've been teaching English as a second language for many, many, many years. Tell us a little more about your backstory. What got you into teaching? Oh, man. So I did a lot of traveling in my 20s. So when I finished college, I lived in Japan for a year and a half. And I taught English as a second language there. So in Tokyo, I had students from age three to age 83. I mean, all ages. It was fantastic. And then I traveled through South America. I backpacked for a year and learned Spanish. And that was kind of the original experience that caught that sort of was the idea behind Allers English. Um, our motto at Allers English is connection, not perfection. And to be honest, there were many moments. It was a great year backpacking through South America, but there were a lot of moments in which I felt quite disconnected, right? And I thought to myself, I don't ever want anyone to feel disconnected because of languages. Like language should never come between two human beings. Right. And so that is our mission behind Allers English. And it still really burns in our hearts, right? As a, as a, as a cause, as a reason that we, we have the podcast and the entire business, Allers English. So mm. yeah, that's where it came from. Connection, not perfection. I love that because it's so true that the quickest way to learn a new language is to interact and to use it and to put it to practice. And then there's a bonus of meeting new people and, you know, learning more about the culture and everything as well. So I could not be more on board with that. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wonderful. So you're here with me today to chat about business culture. So as we were mentioning, you were obviously born and raised in the US. I'm from the UK and now obviously live long term in Canada. So all of these countries, the main language spoken is English. There's a lot of you know, cultural crossovers between us, you know, music, movies, food. So when I moved here, I thought, oh, it's just going to be a breeze. You know, everything's going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, But there's a lot of differences, isn't there? We've noticed, especially when it comes to your career. Um, So yeah, it's going to be a fun little episode comparing the US to Canada. (laughs) Yeah, you know, culture is so complex, right? And so that's why I find it really interesting when it comes to comparing cultures that you would think would be very similar and are in many ways. 
But there are a lot of things that we could easily overlook. For example, for your listeners here today, you know, if they're about to work in Canada, maybe they came from the States, right? They moved mm. from the States to Canada, or maybe they've been consuming a lot of American media. They may be taking things for granted that may or may not be the same. So we like to go, I, I like to go one level deeper and show them things that they may not expect to find, right? Yeah, culture is complex. It is. And, you know, we share that such a big border. And there's, I was definitely shocked by even the differences between Canada and the States, because you do yeah. think that they'll be very, very similar. But um, yeah, especially in the workplace, uh, just talking to you and your experiences in the States, the, there's definitely a lot of differences. So yeah, if you're coming Huge. from the States, or if you, you think it's going to be the same, then this is the episode for you. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode, I think hopefully about policy, right? Policy around, you know, paid time off and family leave. But I wonder, you know, does policy create culture or does culture guide policy, right? A little bit of yeah, both, I guess. Absolutely. So, because I think it does filter through into culture because it's all the work-life balance, right? I think it's so interesting coming from the UK. And I know a lot of Europeans listening will feel the same that when you move to Canada, you actually feel so slighted by Canada. We complain a lot really? about the vacation time and the labor laws in Canada because oh. it's, we have it so good over there. You know, we have weeks and weeks and weeks of in paid vacation. Then you come to Canada and I mean, I was getting. 10 paid vacation days a year for my first job when I moved to Canada. So that was a huge shock to the system. Well, just out of curiosity, what were you getting in, in England before? So what was the contrast that you came from? How many were you getting at that time in England? I'm curious. Yeah. So I was on five weeks a year paid vacation and I went to 10 days. That's a huge <laughs> difference. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Painful. Yeah. I mean, in the States, so it really depends on what sector you're working in and who you're working for. I will say that right now there's a big trend and I wonder if this is true in Canada too, Kate. Uh, unlimited PTO. So a lot of like a lot of companies that cater to millennials, Ooh. especially in the tech space or the I guess, uh, you know, maybe people that have master's degrees or working in marketing or tech, they'll have the unlimited PTO plan where you can take as much time off. It's for salaried workers, right? You can take as much time off as you want. But to, to be honest, sometimes this is not the best thing for employees because they often won't take that much time anyway. Like they'll feel sort of hesitant about taking too much time. And the employer doesn't have to pay out PTO, like built up PTO, right? So it's kind of, in some ways, it works on the employer's side. Is that common in Canada, unlimited PTO? I've definitely heard it around. I think, obviously, after the pandemic as well, there's been a, such huge shifts in, in what work even looks like. I, there's yeah. a lot more companies that are remote, so you have more flexibility. So, yeah. you know, oh, I work from home, so maybe I don't need to take that time off because right, I'm at home right. anyway and I don't feel as burnt out. I don't have to commute anymore. So yeah, it's definitely changing a lot. But um, yeah, the from my experience anyway in Canada, it's been a bit of a shock. And I think in Canada, for example, you start with, you know, your 10 days vacation and it isn't until you've worked somewhere for, I think it's 10 consecutive years that you're eligible for that four weeks of vacation. It's like, yeah. wow, 10 years. Thanks yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, for sure. No, yeah, we're, we're in a similar track here in the States. You know, that unlimited PTO plan is more about more competitive companies at a higher pay rate who are trying to attract coders or technology workers, right? Your your mm. average company that's maybe a public company or just an average large corporation, you'd usually start out around 10 to 14 days off, maybe seven days, I, I would think minimum 10 days and work your way up to about a month. 
But yeah, we're in a similar track here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes such a difference in, you know, as a newcomer, you need to have that time to, you know, meet new people and explore your new home and, you know, find out who you are in your new country that you live in and find new hobbies. And there's so much to do. So yeah, it's, it's interesting when you're just bogged down in, in this job where you maybe don't have the, the free time or the flexibility that you had before. So can be challenging. Sure. Because we can't let our lives just become our job, especially when we're living abroad, right? That is so bad for, because then six months later, you look up when work slows down and you have nothing around you. You have no community or friends or activities. We need to have that time to build out our lives abroad for sure. Yeah. That's so interesting that that's, that's improving a lot in the States as well, because I know that, you know, when you think of America, you think, oh, the American dream and it's, you know, hustle and boss babes and all of this. And it's, you know, the career (laughs) is the thing that you do in America. Yeah. So that's interesting. Well, it's changing a little bit. I, I definitely think there has been, there's a real hustle culture or has been up. I think the pandemic shifted some things in the US significantly in what I'm seeing of, of the, the general culture of what people want to do. People are definitely valuing their time off. So the unpaid leave thing, or sorry, the unlimited PTO thing is kind of offered as a way for companies to stay competitive to attract the best workers. They almost have an expectation of the unlimited PTO at this point. So there's a bit of a shift going on, at least in the US, where a power shift from employers to employees for the time being, I would say. Mm. Interrupting this episode to introduce you to a new podcast from All Ears English called Business English, which is perfect for anyone learning English as a second language for business. If you're enjoying listening to Lindsay in today's episode, you can join her and Michelle as they cover email writing, presentations, job interviews, telephone English, and much more. You'll learn how to invite your colleagues out after work, small talk and what to say in meetings. They'll run through fun role plays to show you real examples and focus on creating real human connection, not perfection. All with the ultimate goal of leaving you feeling more confident with your English in the workplace and in your new life in Canada. So follow the new Business English podcast from All Is English. Just type All Is English into the search bar wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. Choose Business English podcast and hit follow. Now back to the show. Cool. Well, I'm interested in in hearing more about what it's like in America kind of after work. Is there, you know, a social life with your colleagues in America? Because I've noticed that it isn't so much in Canada compared to England anyway like if you work in London and you're going to go have drinks at the pub with your colleagues you know after the work day and I know that a lot of newcomers to Canada miss that and they you know maybe it's it's much more family oriented in Canada Mm. you go home you spend time with your family right so is is that quite similar in the states or yeah I'd say that's another area where the U.S. is actually more similar to Canada versus a place like Japan when I lived in Japan probably a little more similar to Europe, there was an expectation to go out with our office, you know, our manager, our assistant manager, our other teachers, 
the other native teachers that we would all go out together and, and drink and eat. And we'd be out, well, we'd finish work at nine. So it was a later schedule and we'd be out till midnight or 1am just oh, wow. enjoying and getting to know each other. Um, and so, yeah, we don't, yeah, I would agree. I think your average American worker, it's not required or expected to put in time after work, socializing and building the relationship. The relationship gets built like through the work, not before doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so talking about, you know, team collaboration, then in Canada, I would say that is huge. So your relationship with your colleagues is is a really big part of your job. Yeah. And you think, oh, I have this job description, I'm going to do it by myself all day. <laughs> you know, in an interview setting, for example, I think, you know, it, interviewers, depending on the role, being able to show that you're a team player and you enjoy collaborative work is really, really important in Canada because every decision is a team decision. I feel like, especially in the roles I've personally had, it's, you know, oh, I need to decide something. Oh, we need a meeting and we need to discuss it for an hour and then we need to respect everyone's opinions and then make a decision. So is it like that in in America or do you think it's more individual? Mm, I would say there's more of a bias towards saving time. So I like to read um, HBR, like Harvard it. Business Review. It's a <laughs> journal that comes out <laughs> every month written by, you know, a Harvard Business Review. And there's a lot of stuff in there about the stand up meeting, right? The stand like that you're physically standing up um, because you want to save time and people shouldn't get comfortable and just sit down. There is a culture here of reducing meeting times for sure. Like, are, do we really need this meeting? Or could you cut out this meeting and get yes. the work done? A hundred percent. So time is more valued. I think, again, it's hard, Kate, because we're talking so broadly. Depends on your industry, your company, Absolutely. your region. It depends on so much. But I would say broadly, there's more of a t- uh, bias towards saving time than making sure everyone's on board a hundred percent with this decision. Mm. Yeah. And it's so interesting because if you're coming from a country where you do just put your head down and get the job done, it can be a bit of a shock when you're dragged into those things. I love that yeah. quote where you see online where it's like, this could have been an email. Like, yeah. I feel like that's my life in, in Canada. It's like, that could have been an email. It's like an hour of my day. Interesting. So, um, interesting. That's definitely a Canadian workplace culture thing. For sure. Yeah. What about in terms of, so you said that everyone has to vote. So in terms of how decisions get made, would you say it's a pretty egalitarian in terms of like employees, even at the lower level also weighing in? And so it's kind of a vote rather than maybe a higher up kind of making the ultimate decision and the employees give information to the higher up? Or what would you say? Yeah, I think in my personal experiences with my employers in Canada, I've actually really enjoyed that because I feel so respected as, as an employee that, you know, often my director will be like, well, you take a, take charge. If you think that's the best thing to do, then go for it. I trust you because they've hired you at the end of the day and they should have the faith in you to, to make the right call. Um, So I do really like that. And there's a lot of discussion and then everyone's views are respected and listened to. And yeah. I, I've personally found that really enjoyable. Um, yeah, there definitely yeah. is like a human need for autonomy, right? Even if you're not necessarily like the CEO of a company, we need autonomy, we need to feel like we make our own decisions, and then we take full responsibility for them at work, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's cool. I recently had a uh, 
some Latina, Latino guests on the show. I had Mike from Brazil and Elizabeth from Colombia. And what they were saying was so interesting to me because what I find as, you know, being friendly and polite in the office, they, um, they're just used to bluntness. They just want to know straightforward, you know, I did something wrong. Go come up to me and tell me, right? Whereas in Canada, it's, very tactful, very sensitive mm. to other people's feelings. You've got to keep it diplomatic. So if someone does something wrong in the office, maybe just address the whole company and say, FYI, you know, everyone, if you do this, <laughs> then it's not right. You have to do it this way. So they made me laugh. They thought, why are you like, it's obviously me. So just come and tell me it can be passive aggressive. <laughs> Ooh, that could be passive aggressive. Absolutely. If you're not, if there's not enough directness, it could be, yeah. So, wow, that's a tricky one. That can also depend on personality a lot or company culture in the U.S., right? Yeah, I think Americans are are tactful as well, but I think they are probably much more blunt than Canadians, I would say. Maybe. Canadians Maybe, yeah. are just very, very kind and polite and they'd never want to hurt anyone's feelings. Aww. And obviously <laughs> that whole sorry stereotype is true. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little bit more like a uh, small town America, like middle America, because within the States, it's such a big country. New Yorkers are super blunt, uh, they, right? Like a New Yorker will tell you the truth. Yeah, Pretty much anyone, you know, the East Coast is a blunt culture, Boston, New York, Washington, DC. Um, but you go to places like Nebraska or Kansas, the middle of the country, here in Colorado, people are, to be honest, a lot more indirect, a lot nicer, quote unquote, <laughs> than in New York City. Um, but sometimes it can be unproductive, right? When we don't get direct mm. feedback. I remember when I was living in Japan, just not to always bring in Japan, but I think it's a good reference point here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had some feedback, something students had responded in a certain way to something from one of my classes that they didn't like the way I was teaching the class. And my manager had gotten that feedback but she had that feedback and she was kind of trying to tell me, but just not telling me, right? It was a very awkward, it was like, I, if I, if something's wrong, I want to change it. I want to do it better. Yeah. I want to know, but she couldn't kind of come up to me and directly say that. So it's, it's very cultural. It's very cultural. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the frustration I hear all the time from newcomers that maybe you have a bunch of interviews and then you don't get the job and you just never get real feedback. You know, what yeah. did I do wrong? Tell me, I want to improve. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but in Canada, especially, they're not open to really being negative and sharing negative things with you because, you know, they're liable if you, you know, take it the wrong way, if they say the wrong thing, but also oh. they just don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> like liable, like legally, you mean? Yeah, I think so. Right. That can be kind of a minefield depending on how strong your labor laws are. You have to be careful of that. That's kind of, it's kind of too bad because it prevents people from being able to get better at their work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So as a non-native English speaker, say you are super nervous, it's your first day in an English speaking company and you're in the coffee room and you're meeting your colleagues for the first time. Do you have any tips for, you know, America, Canada, the North American kind of culture of meeting new people in the workplace? Well, I think, you know, people go to small talk. It's boring, but it's kind of the way we start, right? The weather conversation, <laughs> you know, hobbies conversation. These are these are throwaway topics. These are topics that you're going to grab onto and then you're going to immediately hopefully go a little bit deeper into something more interesting. You're not going to stay superficial like that, right? So they're just intro topics as a way to start the conversation, kind of a crutch. And then I'm going to pull something out from what they've said and I'm going to bridge to the next question or topic of small talk. 
Does that make sense? Yes. And then you can remember it. So if they mention something, oh, at the weekend, we're doing this. Right. Then you can remember it the next week. You can say, oh, how was that barbecue that you mentioned last week? So it shows that you're listening. (laughs) Right. So even though, you know, we roll our eyes about these topics, they're actually quite useful and they're never meant to be just hovering in that area. We're going to go deeper or go to other places, but we need to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. And it's, it is slower. I find, you know, speaking with other cultures, they do find that in Canada is a very slow process to break through and make that deep connection with somebody, especially in the workplace. People could often, you know, keep it quite surface level. And you're talking about the weather very easy in Canada, you know, oh my God, minus 20. Are you kidding me? Sure. Um, uh, you can talk about hockey, obviously, or one of the other national sports in Canada. So there's easy things for the small talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely slower if you're used to like a warm culture, like the Latino culture or right. even in the UK, I think it's easier as well. Cause you have, you know, that social time after work. So mm. I think it just takes a little bit more time. So if you know that going into it, you can try and be a bit patient with it. But um, yeah. yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, the States, you know, people are very task oriented, right? So if you're in a room with someone, even a new colleague, you'll probably have a job to get done. And so an American person, broadly speaking, generalizing again, right, we know that uh, would tend to want to say, okay, so who's going to do what? What's our plan here? And then the relationship, like I said before, gets built through doing that work. Not it, There's not the need, whereas I think in places like Latin America, there's the need to build the relationship first, and then we get to mm. get to the work. That's why Americans are always punctual. They're not in the previous meeting continuing to build that relationship. It's time to go to the next meeting. So they're there on time. Right? right? Yeah. So it's really interesting to think about time versus relationship building as kind of a dichotomy. Yeah. You know, we always recommend on Allers English to have that set of conversation starters, right? As we I, we mentioned the weather, we mentioned hobbies, have a set of conversation starters, even adding some slang in there that you feel comfortable with, that you've practiced and that are kind of in your back pocket. So you can really get started there. And, you know, we always say never let the words come between or the grammar, especially the grammar between you and the other person. The most important thing is the human connection. So maintaining eye contact, even if you make a mistake, don't curl up if you hear yourself make a grammar mistake or something. And I know some of your listeners are also native speakers of English, so this won't necessarily apply to them as much. Um, but if they are non-native speakers, you know, if you hear yourself make that mistake, don't break the connection. Yeah, that's huge. I think there's, it's such a common thing to hear as, um, from English learners, like, Oh, my English. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. My English. It's like, I can understand everything you're saying. And maybe you are making mistakes, but I don't speak Spanish. Like you're amazing. You speak more than one language. I think it's just, you beat yourself up so easily when you make these mistakes. Um, and then the same thing is, you know, you mentioned, I do have a lot of listeners that maybe you are a native English speaker, but I, have been embarrassed so many times with vocabulary differences and phrases that are different. And people have openly laughed in my face when I've said, you know, (laughs) dressing gown and, you know, all of these very British things. So um, even that, you know, it's fine. It's just culture. You've just got to laugh through it and um, keep that connection. Exactly. Keep the connection. That's the key. Regardless of culture, language, just keep the connection. And honestly, like that leads to a happier life, right? We're just trying to be happy in our lives and that creates a happier life. At the end of the day, we're happier. So, yeah. Well, I think that the biggest takeaway is, is probably just keeping that communication open as well. You know, you are from a different country. You've moved to Canada. That's an amazing small talk 
open story straight away in the coffee room anyway. Oh, hey, yeah. I've moved here from London, England or whatever. And yeah, well, I was going to say being able to, as you're saying, Kate, you know, when and when you notice something that's different, let's say you're from England, you're in Canada, or you're from Japan, you're in Canada, you notice, oh my gosh, this is really different. Being able to articulate that kind of on the spot or later after the event happens and compare your culture without feeling like you're attacking the culture or attacking people for being wrong, just saying, oh, hey, this is how we do it in Japan. This is interesting. I noticed how this was different. And this might be why there was the misunderstanding. Be like the cultural sort of um, liaison kind of between the two cultures. Absolutely. And it's a great place to meet new people, you know, outside of the actual work that you're doing. It's very important you get the job done. But you know, that is an easy place to meet new people. And it's hard to meet new people as an adult, you know, where are you supposed to go? You don't have school anymore, <laughs> right, and, you right, know, right. that kind of thing. So when yeah. you go to the office, I mean, some of my closest friends, I've, I've had to put myself out there and go up to them and say, Hey, you know, um, are you free for a coffee, you know, after work or mm. tomorrow, you know, during the break or whatever. And you have to make the effort, even if it does feel uncomfortable, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen. They're going to say no. All right, mm. cool. Move on. So yeah. yeah, I think Canadians are open to that. I do think that even if you think that they maybe come off a little bit cold at first, if you approach them and you want to make that connection, I yeah. think, you know, everyone's going to appreciate that. Everyone's going to think, oh, they like me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Kate. I think that the key is when you when you move abroad, you kind of have to be more active in building your life, being aware of the mm. cultural differences, what's similar, what's different, going out and creating your life. Whereas if we live in our hometowns our whole lives, you have family, you have your high school friends, not a lot of people in the US still live in their hometowns, to be honest, but some people do. Or you know, the town you've lived in for 20 years, everything is comfortable, it's all coming to you. Whereas your attitude has to be much more exploratory, and uh, introspective and going out and actively creating your life. Yes. And just not expecting that you're going to get everything perfect the sure. first time. Going mm -hmm. back to my point of the communication aspect, like even if you need to have a meeting with HR and say, okay, I think our cultures are clashing a little bit. That's totally fine. Um, how do you think I should approach this situation that I'm in? Or I, I think the mm -hmm. manager, you know, has clashed with me a little bit in this project or, you know, just keeping it open and um, you know, it's not a bad thing that you're from a different culture, you're learning. And um, yeah, you just got to give yourself time to adjust to, to it. Super interesting. It's so true. I love it. I love it. So good. And connection, <laughs> not perfection, right, Kate? <laughs> That's what it comes yes, down to. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I absolutely love that. That's a great segue to, um, you know, I'm really excited to hear more about your podcast, All Is English, but also your brand new podcast from All Is English is launching. It's called Business English. Super valuable with, to this topic that we've been talking about. Tell us more. Well, thank you, Kate. Yeah, guys. So Allers English is a really big show. We do about 8 million monthly downloads globally. So come over and listen to Allers English podcast. And while you're at it, you know, if you are doing business in Canada or the US or even the UK uh, or Australia, we've created a new podcast just for our global professionals. Those who really, you know, English is important. We surveyed our audience recently and we found that, you know, 50% of them need English for work, Kate. It's incredible. Right? We are using English at work. And so this new podcast is 100% based on work topics. Like, you know, for example, what could you say if you invite your colleague out for uh, drinks after work and they decline? 
What should you say to respond to make sure you keep that connection open? It's subtle socializing topics at work, uh, participating in meetings, presentations, writing, texting, you know, Slack messaging, that kind of thing. We cover all of that. So for any of your listeners, for anyone learning English or wanting to improve their English for work, guys, you can check it out. You can go to the search bar right now, wherever you're listening and type in business English from all ears English and you will see lots of yellow. <laughs> that is All Ears English. And you can hit follow on Business English as well as the All Ears English podcast. Good stuff. That is fantastic. I love it. When when I heard about it, I thought it was so important because, yeah, even myself, when I moved to Canada, I had French on my resume because I thought, great, it's a bilingual country. I lived in France right. for four years. So I'll put French on my resume. And then I started the corporate well, I went into the corporate world and I never deleted something off my resume so quick, Lindsay. I was like, delete, 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 delete. I cannot speak French in a professional setting. It's so right. different. You know, you can be super slangy and colloquial with your French friends, but then you try and be super professional in a meeting. Th these kind of role plays and, and things that you're teaching through mm -hmm. different experiences, that's so key. Because, yeah. yes, <laughs> I do not speak French corporately. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. There's a big difference between, and you know, we, our philosophy on business English is that we're, of course, doing business with human beings, right? You know, you're not doing business with a robot. And so we teach you not just formal business English, but also informal business English and semi-formal business English. Um, I think a lot of the business English materials out there on the web are very formal and outdated, like from 1995, to be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we try to give our listeners a very relevant context around what's the wording and when do we have to be formal? And when can we be a little more laid back, you know, a little bit more semi formal or just seeking that rapport. So yeah, I want to encourage your listeners to come and check it out. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. So that's business English. And yay, thank you so much, Lindsay. This Absolutely. has been so interesting. It's been fun chatting with you, Kate, collaborating here for the last couple of episodes. And I know I've had you over on All Ears English as well, which has been fantastic. So thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. Have an awesome day. All right. Take care. Thank you so, so much for listening. It would mean the world to me if you could leave the show a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next time. Bye.